as our hearts have been warmed by the gift of the Holy Spirit that joins us together in worship. Now let us give our attention to the reading of the scriptures this morning from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I want to tell you this morning a story about how our cat became named, became named Pumpkin. So this little kitten, small enough to escape through a hole in our chain link fence, wandered up on our back porch when we lived in the Parsonage in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Elizabeth was about nine years old when she caught sight of this little kitten, and she knew that it was an answer to a prayer she had been praying for many years. Oh God! Please bring me a playful kitten. Perhaps you know children who have prayed such a prayer. But the tiny little escape artist ran away at every attempt to catch her. And then she would come back to the porch and cry. And cry. And cry. This was in the afternoon of the eve of the eve of the church I was serving then. Their largest outreach event called Pumpkin Fest. And so a very busy day awaited us the next morning. We were going to be busy setting up and unloading the pumpkins. And we had a brand new building at that point. So we were going to be getting that prepared for all of our guests. And late into the evening on the day when Pumpkin wandered up, oh, we were just worn slick with emotion. Perhaps you've experienced this with your children. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And finally, Elizabeth decided that she could just sleep on the couch because that way she could be as close as possible to this little kitten. And Kurt, bless him, he arose early the next morning with food in hand to bribe this little cat, and it worked. From that day on, she belonged to us. Really, she belonged to Elizabeth, who named her Pumpkin because her arrival coincided with the Pumpkin Fest. And now she lives with Elizabeth full-time in Oklahoma City. And the two of them, as you can tell, are as close as they have ever been. In fact, Elizabeth calls her her sidekick. But I want to be able to share with you this story this morning, friends, so that you can relate with me at how powerful names are. You know, when you bestow a name, even on a cat, it defines some of those relationship pieces. And certainly that's true in the relationships that are the closest to us. In fact, a few days ago, I was at my parents' house, and my, my mom addressed my dad, Grandpa. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth was nowhere around. And I said, Mom, do you say that to Dad even when I'm not around? <laughs> and she kind of, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. She, she calls him Grandpa because when Elizabeth was born, that forever changed his relationship with all of us. That is the power of naming. Both Matthew and Luke offer us a version of the prayer that Jesus taught, the prayer we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. 
Matthew's version in Matthew 6, 9 through 13 is probably the closest to the version that we pray in church each week. And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus instructs his followers, I love these words, pray in this way. Pray in this way. And so we begin, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I know you have your masks on this morning if you're here with us in the sanctuary, but you say that with me, don't you? I mean, it's just so natural and normal. We know exactly how that prayer begins. This prayer actually followed a pretty typical prayer, a pattern for prayer uh, for Jews. That, that pattern for prayer was already in existence when Jesus came along. Jews of the first century often addressed God, our Father, our King. However, the term that Jesus uses in this prayer, which he spoke in Aramaic, interestingly, it wasn't Greek, it wasn't Hebrew, it was Aramaic, it was the common language of the people, and the term he used is Abba, which doesn't really translate into English. It's, it's like a term of endearment, perhaps when a small child would say, Daddy, or Papa, or Dada. Whatever that word is that says, this is who you are to me. One of the very first words that a child can speak. And in that culture, it was also a word that was used by adult children as a term of endearment for their father. Kind of like when I walk into my parents' house and say, hey, Papa. And that's how I greet my dad. You know, I mean, it, it indicates a closeness and intimacy that our father, our king, never could. And so imagine how astonished Jesus' hearers were when he said, pray in this way, our papa, our dada. Whatever word, nickname, term of endearment you have, that's how he's encouraging you to pray. Wow. And then Jesus deepens the awe when he adds that next phrase, who art in heaven. Our Abba, our Papa, the one that, that has known us so long we don't remember ever having life before this one was in our life, who lives in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallow, the word, it's a verb, and it means to, to set something aside as holy, to honor it as holy. So, Imagine with me the beauty that Jesus is revealing in this address that we look at today. Our, our Father, our Abba, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's encouraging his followers to allow God to know them so intimately that it would be like living in the same house together. And then to acknowledge that that very God is set apart marvelous, sovereign, creator of the universe. Can you hold both of those together? Because that's how Jesus teaches us to pray. So I shared with you a little bit earlier that, that this sermon series, the, the design for it, as Heather and I were um, thinking about how we wanted to preach the Lord's Prayer, is to imagine that the Lord's Prayer has, for whatever reason, fallen out of usage. I know for those of us who pray this prayer often and it's so deep within us that it might be the last prayer we ever pray. We can't imagine that. But friends, we realize together that our faith is only one generation away from extinction, right? If, if 
we don't teach the faith to our children, then they won't teach it to their children. So what if? What if the Lord's Prayer had fallen out of usage? What if the Lord's Prayer became a relic, available in the history books but forgotten as a daily practice? And 500 years pass, and someone dusts off the cover of a book and says, a book? What is that? Right? Huh. And opens it up, and they discover this short little prayer that takes less than 30 seconds to pray. What do you think they would think about it? What, what would they discover in this particular prayer? And that's why we called the series, The Lord's Prayer, Uncovered. Because I wonder if this prayer might appear even more powerful to someone who discovered it as a relic than it does to those of us who can recite it with little thought or effort. We don't take time sometimes to think about, to imagine, to receive the gift that this prayer is for us. And so as we consider the opening address of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want you to imagine with me that we are discovering a treasure. That for some reason, it has been trusted to us to dust it off and to say, oh, wow. So this morning, we're going to go back to the power of naming. And I want to remind you of our cat, Pumpkin. Every time we call her name, we are reminded of the power of prayer from a young girl who hoped for a playful kitten, of the beautiful gift that our church gave the community each year, free pumpkins for kids, and that this cat chose us as much as we chose her. That's all in a name. If that is the power in naming a cat, imagine the power expressed when Jesus called God Abba, Papa, indicating an intimacy that only happens within your closest circle. And then in the very next breath, Jesus establishes God's otherness. It, it is as if Jesus is saying, this God knows you better than you know yourself. This God desires a relationship with you before you even know how to desire that relationship in return. Friends, that doesn't happen very often in any relationship that we have, does it? That someone would desire a relationship with us before we're even aware that we might want to be in relationship with that other person. This is the relationship that we have with this God to whom Jesus teaches us to pray. And this God is the creator of the universe, the one through whom all things come into being, as Colossians tells us in the beautiful verses of the Gospel of John at the very beginning. Jesus teaches us to call upon our Father. Now, let's just be honest with each other and acknowledge that this Father, this Abba, is the one who could easily establish all the rules. Amen? This is God, the creator of the universe. And this, this God, this God chooses to allow you to participate in this relationship. This God chooses to let you decide. 
Can you just let the power of that sink in for a moment? That the creator of the universe will let you decide. What will you say? What will be your response to this offer of relationship? Well, that's why I wanted for us to read the the 103rd Psalm because I think it provides the perfect response when we realize that God will allow us to choose. Then we say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That, That would be the natural response that would come up when we realize the gift of relationship that we are being offered. Our Abba, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is one who wants to be in relationship with us. So we say in response, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You see, from the very first words, this prayer is aligning us with God. From the very first words, we are assured that this is a God we can trust. One who will love us no matter what. And one who desires nothing more than our honest response to the offer. And so we say, if you would join with me, bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Mm. You know, I hope that you're praying this prayer every day. In fact, I want to encourage you to pray it twice a day. The hours for fixed prayer include, for sure, a time of prayer in the morning, usually early when you first wake up, and a time of prayer at night when you go to bed. And so, if you would, just take your prayer beads, okay, and and pray the Lord's Prayer. And you move one bead for each phrase, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Consider this relationship that God offers you and ask yourself after those first two beats, is this the relationship that is orienting my life right now? Because there will be relationships that orient your life, friends. The question is, is this this the one that orients your life? I want to invite you to join with me As we pray the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.